2: Welcome, pilots, you've tuned to the Guard Frequency, because as all good pilots know, when you're out in the deep black, you want to keep one ear on the guard. This is episode 280 of the Best Damn Space Sim Podcast Ever, recorded on Friday, October 18th, made available for download on Tuesday, October 22nd, 2019, over at GuardFrequency.com. I'm Tony. I'm Jeff. And I'm Ken
1: Shadow. And this week's streaming services are brought to you by Henry Natale Webby Right, Tony?
2: That's right, Ken Shadow. Remember, folks, Guard Frequency is not a one-way conversation. We welcome your comments over at GuardFrequency.com and Discord.GuardFrequency.com.
0: You can also reach us on Twitter at GuardFreak. Your feedback is an important part of what we do, so hit us up and tell us what's on your mind. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to our shows at feeds.GuardFrequency.com or by searching for us on iTunes.
1: And if you're not doing anything on Friday nights we know our audience, then you should come join us at 10.30 p.m. Central as we record Guard Frequency live over at twitch.tv
2: guardfreak. Do you like what we do? You want to help us make the best damn Space Sim podcast ever? You can always support the show by visiting our website, clicking on the big Patreon logo, and becoming a regular subscriber.
0: We want to thank all of our Patreons who support us week on week. We hope you'll consider joining them because the more support we get, the better show we can make. Just head over to our website and click on the big Patreon logo to help out. And don't forget about our sister productions, Priority One and Heroes Rise.
2: Priority One covers all things Star Trek, from the TV series to the MMO, the novels, the movies, and everything in between. Be sure to check them out over at PriorityOnePodcast.com.
0: Heroes Rise brings you up to date with the worlds of Dungeons and Dragons. Learn all about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, and traps in less time than it takes to skin a shivering wyvern. Head over to HeroesRisePodcast.com to discover their secrets. And the housekeeping is done, so let's
1: get on with the show. What have we got in store this week, Tony?
2: In this week's Flight Deck, we bring you all the headlines from Simulated Space, including the latest news from Star Citizen, Orion, Hellion, Descent, and probably a bunch of other stuff that we just decided to talk about.
0: Next, we'll get to the news from the Deep Black with Spencer McDunn on Galactic Public Radio. And we continue our audio adventure,
1: Card Frequency Origins, with a need. A need for fast stuff.
0: Finally, we open up the feedback loop and let you join in on the fun. So lace up your booties, campers. It's time to head out to the flight deck. Speed Port Bay, hands on
1: approach, trigger screen, call the bomb. Don't get
3: technical
2: with me. Here are the top news bits from the world of space sims.
0: Star Citizen gets a dot-dot patch of its own on the PTU. And CIA pre-hypes the hype for CitizenCon. By announcing that, there will be an announcement next week. Avorian reaches a quarter million in sales on Steam Early Access.
1: That's approximately one sale per brick in Tony's Sovereign-class model.
2: And the developers of Hellion announced that they are not the developers of Hellion anymore. Also, the Outer Worlds and a bunch of other stuff. So, a little slow on the news week this week, so we just kind of grabbed a bunch of other headlines. And uh, while I was finishing typing up... uh, the GPR sketch. Uh, the the my, my my co-hosts were discussing some other topics of interest that they had noticed throughout the week. So we're just going to do like a a little roundup of some titles that we watched uh, over the over the years and months. Uh, so I wanted to point out that the Hellion, who uh, let's see, Kin Shadow, I think you had played a little bit.
1: Yeah, I played a little
2: bit. Maybe Shiv did a little bit too. But the that game. The premise was uh, you wake up at a cryosleep and the. Uh, colony uh, stations that were in this new system had uh, uh, been destroyed or attacked, and you had to sort of rebuild from scratch.
1: Yeah, like- there's pieces scattered all over this, the, the the system, and then you, yeah, you have to fly around, get pieces, and kind of add them to your 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 space station. So it was it was part survival, part part base building, but all in like a zero g environment.
3: And it was very complex and difficult.
1: It was difficult when it launched. Uh, I haven't played it recently, but my uh, the people tell me it's a lot easier to, to play now.
3: Oh well, it now launch. it's not because now it's
1: over. Well, no, it's it's well. Let's get to the news. But
2: yeah, uh, the, well, it's, the news was that they're going to cease development on it. But as Kinshadow was about to say,
1: it, it's they're going to keep the servers up.
2: Yeah, they, so, they're
1: going to keep selling it on Steam. And that money is going to go towards financing the servers that are that are launched.
2: So it, they're not. It's not. Uh, it's not being abandoned, but development is no longer going to be uh, pursued. They're not going to add any more features to it. Uh, but and it doesn't sound like they're going to really support it much either, aside from just keeping the servers running.
1: It sounds like the company still exists. They're just moving on to other games now.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The the, the, uh, the, the article that I read or the Steam announcement I uh, read was that it just the the financial. Uh, Performance of the game was not such that they felt they could justify continue to focus a lot of effort on um, expanding the feature set or, or, you know, making the game bigger uh, to match the the earlier vision. So, uh, but if you're a fan and you still own it, you can still play it, and if you want to check it out, you can still buy it. Uh, But this is the end stage product at this point. It is the uh, maximum viable product uh, from now on. (laughs) So if uh, that's that's this is all you're going to get. Hope you like it.
1: I, I I wonder if they're going to fix any security vulnerabilities or any like major feature like game crashes or something like that. I mean, like I said, the the company still exists. I think they're obviously not doing any feature development, but I'm wondering if they'll, they'll still keep up with Any kind of
2: patches. Did you experience a lot of like instability in it, or was it just just? Uh, I haven't
1: played it recently. Yeah. Um, Back in the day, you know, which was you know a month or two ago, (laughs) or whatever it was, you know. Oh no, it came out came out a year ago, right? Yeah,
2: about yeah. I mean, we've been talking about it. It was early access, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, it was early. It was early access all the way up until this point, and now it's no longer early access because they're not doing a development.
3: And how many did they sell in early access? And for how much? That's what I'd like to know when they're going to decide, you know what? Thanks for was, buying and support it and everybody that was here and stuck with us ex- the whole time. But this is as far as we're going to go. Thanks for your money.
1: It wasn't an expensive game. It was only like 30 bucks. And now with it, with they're stopping development, they're actually reducing the price to 15. So you're not spending a lot of money on the game. And even with no development going into it, you're definitely getting 15 bucks out of the game. No problem. Um, especially if you get a couple of friends to buy in, and you guys all, you know, try and make the biggest space station you can, or whatever, you're you're gonna get, you know, 30, 50 hours, something like that, out of the game easily. Now, whether it makes sense to dump into a game like that where there isn't any more development on is, is an open question. But, but yeah, 15 bucks out of the game, no no issue.
2: And, and I, my experience with early access games is that they're usually pretty stable. I don't. I mean, thinking of some other early access games I've played, I don't have a lot of raw crashes. It's just maybe there's the, the, some feature sets aren't there or incomplete or not very fun. But it, it, it didn't seem it did, to me. I think once it's in early access, that's at least a, 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 a minimum quality assurance from the developer that it's not going to you know give you a hard lock every three, thirty minutes. But anyway, so that's, that's end of the end of the road for uh, the Hellion development, but uh, it's still operational if you still want to go check that out. In slightly happier news, uh, the sort of the opposite uh, of Orion, which uh, is one of my favorite early access games currently, uh, has a solid release date—at uh, least as solid as release dates go these days—of spring 2020. So that's super solid. Spring 2020 could be any and of those three months. Not too far off. Not too far off. They also announced that they've sold uh, 250,000 copies uh, as well. So I mean, that's a, that's pretty good. That's a pretty good number for an indie game. Uh, I'd be so, happy with that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, they should be happy with that. So uh, that's that's pretty good news. They had the last big patch in September that sort of redid their diplomacy model, which was in before, but it was a little clunky.
3: Yeah, clunky is a good word.
2: Yeah, uh, so they've streamlined that a little bit uh, in their latest patch uh, from last month, uh, made that a little more svelte. And uh, so if uh, anyone's interested, that one is going to continue to get development, uh, so head on over to Steam and check out Ovorion. I'm a huge fan. Uh, I've I've made an Excelsior class and a Sovereign class <laughs> in there, and I, but they're not perfect. They're not... They're, they're, they, they need some tweaks. They need some tweaks to them before I release them to the wild and share my, you know, my, my mad evil genius with them, uh, with, with the rest of the world. Are you planning
3: uh, to share it on the workshop or something?
2: Yeah, I'll put it on the workshop. Uh, That'll be Because cool. they didn't have an Excelsior that I liked. Uh, they, I think they had a couple out there that were, like, sort of, they're okay, but they didn't have anything that was true to the model. Uh, and then uh, they didn't have a Sovereign that I liked either, so I made, made those, so they'll launch fighters they got academies shield generators the whole bit nice, great. nice.
1: do you do you, uh you connect to a server when you play over Leon, or are you is it all local
2: it's local for now um you 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 can you can connect like a, a LAN game uh you can host a server basically got you right. um, okay but you got it's like I mean kind of like minecraft sort of a thing you can make right. your own minecraft kind of uh, type server. Uh, host that with your friends and set up set up rules and conditions for it and stuff like that. So um, I think that's probably their way they're going to do it because it's a lot like Minecraft. It's got you know the seed based sort of galaxy and there's building and and uh, uh, and trading and NPCs and all kinds of stuff like that. So uh, probably they're going to keep that uh, that arrangement. Wouldn't expect to see any kind of massive multiplayer server unless the developers decide they want to host one just for you know for grins because they want they want an official server uh next up uh outer worlds jeff no you're looking forward to this one
0: yeah i am i think every all of us are looking for outer worlds and and i was uh i, I was uh, ready to buy the uh or pre-order it and and uh, at the same time i was going through that process i got an email from <coughs> microsoft telling me that uh Outer Worlds would be available on X- uh, Xbox Game Pass on day one. What? So, yeah.
2: So tell us what kind of deal you're going to get. Uh, I mean, what's the, what's the difference between buying it from Epic and, and getting it done? Well, basically,
0: that I don't have to buy it. I, it's part of my Xbox Game Pass. So as long as I keep that subscription, I get the full game uh, with my Game Pass. Just like Gears Five and all the other games that play on Xbox uh, Game Pass on the PC, so the new the new Xbox Game Pass they uh, it, it covers both your Xbox and your PC, so you can play on your Xbox or play on your PC, um, a multitude of games.
2: So if I so if I if I've got the if I sign up for LastPass on my let's just say my Xbox and i'd signed up with microsoft on on my account that's running on the xbox and i wanted to play it on the pc could i do that or do i have to buy a separate no game? you can do that and will the, will the game saves transfer like some days i that, don't want to play on the that's
0: couch. no it's different games on each one because they're uh, uh, they connect to different uh back end servers but well well, but, well that that might be
2: okay cuz then my son could play on the xbox yes.
0: Yep, absolutely. And I could have a game on my PC. Pe- okay,
2: that might be actually that might actually be a really good idea
0: for the for the fifteen dollars a month or fourteen ninety nine that I pay. It's well, it's been well worth it since they since uh, it came out. So, huh. Jeff might have just talked me into a Microsoft product. Everyone, <laughs> you know. Uh-oh.
2: yeah, it's a red letter date. Mark this down.
0: Yeah. But go uh, yes, it's. Uh, um, I looked at. I pre-installed it already, so I'm ready to go on Friday and uh, next Friday when it releases. And we'll cool. See.
2: All, right, all right. Well, uh, and just to remind everybody, this is a game that probably will not space sim, but it's the spiritual successor to Fallout New Vegas, so it's. Uh, ever, I have high expectations and high hopes. Let's talk now about uh, Star Citizen, uh, who got a a three point seven point one patch, which as of tonight i think is just on the ptu but should theoretically go live pretty soon probably uh, by the time the show gets out um there's just some bug fixes i think nothing huge uh, or extra got put in there uh unless anybody wants to correct me on that one because i think it was just bug fixes
0: yeah it's just bug fixes Uh, i'll play it later tonight um it's been downloading and updating in the background. Since.
2: All right. No, no additional features, but just some stability and, and, and bugs. Um, they also have started the hyping for CitizenCon. Uh, there's going to be 450 bar citizen tickets that are going to go on sale, I think, next week. So if you're going to be in Manchester and have an extra 25 quid, I think it's 25 quids, uh, yeah, 25 guinea quids to spare, uh, you'll want to. You'll be sure to want to uh, be near your computer on October 23rd, so you can uh, uh, buy some of those tickets uh, there.
1: I don't know what the status is of the Manchester, you know, uh, fan community, but for the Aust- when it was in Austin last year, the 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 party that you bought the tickets for was actually much lamer than the free one that was across the street. <laughs> that was put on by just the fan club.
2: Yeah. Uh, that, that, I mean, that, that's the, always the risk you run. The corporate thing is, you know, going to be corporate. Because according to this, you're going to get one drink ticket with your price of admission. Right. I mean, who's going to have fun with that? It I mean, doesn't, seriously. Somebody's yeah, not an alcoholic,
3: so. Tony? Maybe? Maybe? I don't know.
2: But you Come on. Now, <laughs> now, uh, now, granted, Henry has seen me at, at my... Oh, I'm not suggesting Uh, you're an alcoholic. I'm just saying you can
3: have fun without a bunch of drink tickets.
2: You certainly can but a couple of drinks more than one drink certainly helps there is a graph that one can follow starts at one drink and then as you get to two and three and four drinks the fun graph does go up now past that i arguably depending on your constitution and habits the fun graph could go down rather rapidly and also somewhere down there ends in a puddle of vomit so i mean you know that's where the graph usually ends up you definitely
1: got more drinks last year like i think the the price of admission and the number of tickets was was commiserate, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand this whole twenty five dollars for one drink crap. Twenty five so guinea quids. Twenty five pounds for for one drink crap. That's an expensive
2: drink. It, it, it truly is. But it's England, and so there may be Brexit problems too. They may run out of beer. Oh, uh, so oh. I know that I know there's been discussions of not having enough milk solids for Mars bars. Or toilet paper so maybe,
1: maybe yeah maybe that gives you a roll of toilet paper too it
2: could so just as be as aware yeah uh, uh beware this may be the one last party before you know the end of civilization uh in great britain as we know it so you know, maybe there's it a is, surcharge
1: single ply drake branded drake industries branded <laughs> toilet paper
0: well you, you know my theory is that dr who's just going to come in and timey-mimey stuff and save the whole Brexit thing, so...
2: I, I'm, I'm sure that's exactly what'll happen, and I'm sure he'll land in Manchester, because he's got a soft spot for it. Uh, so, anyway, keep your eyes open for that if that's the sort of thing you're into, and if you're in the uh, Manchester area near CitizenCon time. They have not yet uh, released a schedule uh, the, for what they're going to be showing off, uh, or you know what panels are going to have, or anything like that, so that, that's all coming soon. TM, uh But they've got they've got the at least the 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 forum thread up with that announcement on there, so uh, that's all going to happen here in a bit. Did anything else uh, interesting happen in the Star Citizen neck of the woods?
1: I I I played a little bit. I got I I wandered around some caves. You found the cave. uh, I found. I hear that's challenging to do. I found the cave. I found it was was it's really easy if you go to Damar. There is uh, like core mines. in parentheses, closed is one of the uh jump point, no, the waypoint targets when you go there, and so you just fly there, and there's a cave for you if if you don't have a lot of time to kill. Okay. Uh, there's a whole, there's like four other caves that don't have nav points, I think, on the planet, but that one's really easy to find. Oh. And um you can wander around; it's really atmospheric. You can see the mineable nodes. I did not buy a mining mining tool before I went. You have to go to Lorville or one of the other stops. Ahead of time to get the, to get the mining attachment for your multi tool. So I'm going to go back later and, and try that out. So
2: but uh, did you like kick the rocks and break them loose with your boot or something?
1: No, no? I could not oh. do
2: that. That's a shame. That. I have
1: you have to have the multi tool. Oh, that's a shame.
2: It is. So all right. So uh, but you you successfully located a cave and you. Did it's very
1: atmospheric. It. It's pretty cool. The the color signaling for how you can get up on because they they have like mineral deposits that kind of signaled that those are rocks that you can climb on. And so getting back out of the holes and stuff was pretty easy. I didn't get any holes. I didn't get into any holes I couldn't get out of, but I did get quite lost (laughs) in the labyrinth. Um, uh, But I didn't feel like I got stuck anywhere. I was just
2: honestly You you said it was very atmospheric. (laughs) Is that what the word you used to?
1: Yeah, they have like... Like, you can see uh, your... It's real dark in there. Like, they have some ambient lighting, so you can kind of make things out, but you have all the suits have a headlamp, so you have to turn your headlamp on. And you can see the dust motes in the air. Every once in a while, there'll be, like, a cascade coming from the ceiling, like something shifted, right. and there's, like, a whole yeah. cascade coming down. There is a... Uh, Echoey vibe in the audio, and it's got a very atmospheric like a, like a
2: phantom of the opera contingent. thing going on there. You don't know what's going to jump out at you.
1: Yeah, no, it, like it is seriously kind scary. Of a tech-romancy. I mean, and the tech the, the, the techromancy. Now, there wasn't enough oh, dubstep okay. for it okay. to be
3: tech I was going to get uh, that into uh, yeah, into feedback, I, but you got it, Tony. You got, <laughs> get your uh, win there, buddy. I, def-
1: I definitely wasn't turned on by any haunted bears. Or <laughs> but uh and and then but they do have kind of a, uh, a there is you know dynamic music or something going on so it does play a little bit spookier music
2: yeah, so too. they're they're going for an ambiance there like there's something around the corner you know you never would really know what you're gonna find right. at some point they'll and,
1: and yeah, that's the idea yeah. right I mean, you go into those I think the primary reason people go into the caves is for exploration because you might find stuff right. in the caves you might find a pirate base in the caves you might find. You know, uh, a mining camp, where you might find um, valuable minerals, things like
2: giant that. space crab.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. Or if you believe the Defender commercial, you might find a Banu fighter in the yeah. middle of the cave.
2: Yeah, why not? Because that's right, park mine. Because it looks like a giant crab. I mean, that's why. That's why I park it there. Giant space crab. Exactly. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, other than that, not. I don't think not terribly too much is going on there for now. I think they are gearing up for Citizen Con. Um, so we'll we we'll keep we we'll keep our uh, eyes peeled for that stuff. Uh, one other little uh, note that we sort of uh, a game we we follow a little bit. Brian, you checked up on uh, on the descent page and it's gone.
1: Yeah, I was I was looking for news for them and um, you know they had, they had they had had a press release a while back saying, or a press release. They had announced a while back that their servers were going because They couldn't afford the hosting anymore. Cuz Little Orbit had Cut them yeah. off or something of that nature, and um and I was like, well, let's see if that's been resolved. And I've looked around, and there is, it's gone. Like, there's no website anymore. um You said there was a little orbit page, but there's yeah. no like like the descendant underground's you know URL is gone. There's no news on anything. Uh, I looked on LinkedIn, and pretty much, you know, all the developers have all gotten new jobs working other places. You know, it's it's.
2: Yeah, cool. uh, little orbit still has it on their uh, games thing, but there's no new news on it or anything. So they're still asserting rights or asserting that this is a game that uh, that still exists. But from the developer side, uh, for all intents and purposes, it's not a thing. Uh, so I, I we don't want to we don't want to call it dead. Uh, we definitely are going to uh, say missing in action.
1: Right. I mean, our information was that they're they were ready to push right. uh, you know what they felt like was a release releasable game before it before it all right. fell apart. so
2: it, it, it unless uh the lawyers can cut it loose uh from little orbit's grasp it 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 could be it could be dead uh we don't know what the contract between little orbit and uh the descendant guys we don't know what that looked like if there was a timer on it if there was a end date or an expiration date or anything like that so i mean if there, if there's some sort of out clause uh then we, it might see the light of day eventually but for the moment it looks like that one might not happen ever so we're very sad but uh, that's the the status of it right now and uh so sad just, just
3: licensing issues am i right
2: no this is the the I mean, the licensing publishing, bull-
3: yeah, publishing
2: yeah that's what i yeah. meant. Pu- Publisher control publisher issues. Yeah. The publisher uh, was demanding changes to the game before they would greenlight the release and uh, uh, commit the funds to marketing the game. They said, our information is the market needs a game like XYZ. And the Senate guys were like, that's not the game you bought, guys. Uh, <laughs> that's not the game that you bought into. This is the game you bought into. And they're like, well, we don't think the game's going to be a big success if we don't do it this way. And The Descent guys are like, "Screw you! We own the IP. We're not going to release a game like that. That's not what we promised our backers. That's not what we wanted to build." And Little Orbit's like, "Well, you can't release it without our say so." And so, lawyer time. So sad. Uh, yeah. Uh, unless and until they get that resolved, it seems like that's that. Uh, that maybe all she wrote for for Descent. So sad. Sad faces all around.
0: So who, who owns the IP then?
2: It's 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 owned the the IP for this game is owned by um, Descendant Studios and uh, but depends on
1: what you mean by IP. Well, it, yeah,
2: so the
1: the name is owned right. by Interplay. The, the
2: trademark and the 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 title is owned by Interplay. So if you're gonna market a game, you need to have a license from Interplay if you want to use the Descent name. Uh, the uh, underlying IP, the the intellectual property the ship names, the asteroid, the storyline, you know any characters they made, that kind of stuff. that's all owned by the descendant Studios guys. So uh, any but any elements that they borrowed from the descent universe are under a license from interplay to descent uh, to descendant Studios. So they have the rights from the publisher from from the original owner.
1: Sort of they have um, the, the, the name they got from the publisher. A lot of the other like original Descent designs for like ships and stuff like that, for whatever stupid reason, are actually in individual hands from the from the from the developers. And so, like one of the developers from the original uh, Descent um, stu- game studio actually owns the design of like the ship that you fly or something like that, and somebody else owns something else.
2: Yeah, yeah, those are the guys that went to go build Overload. Who we had on the show a couple times. Yes. So, the yeah, the, 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 those actual individuals went to go build Overload, the other sort of Descent reboot that actually made it to publication. So
1: those those pieces were not in you know the original Descent Underground because right. of that because they couldn't really reach, really reach an agreement there. Um, and then and then so I don't know what the the changes I and mean, the the story when they decided to change their name. Um, but before, because we never got a, we never got the single player background on that. But before they changed their name, the idea was Descent Underground was in fact a prequel. Right. And so you don't get to see those exactly the ships that you remember from Descent. You get to see ones that are inspired right. by, you know, because they're precursors right. to things like yeah. that.
2: But all that is kind of a moot point now because it's all tied up in lawyer fights and may never see the light of day. So right. Sad panda, but we'll try to go out on a slightly different higher note because Jeff had a little bit of a, a, a he had a different game you guys were talking about that you put in the, the chat there.
0: Allegiance. Well, it's an, it's you know if our if our listeners are avid um, space impense, I'll remember this from the late late nineties when Microsoft did their their at that time. Well, actually, we were talking about this. This is what led up to it. We were talking about Stadia and. Uh, Microsoft's new cloud service, xCloud. But Microsoft hasn't, they're not new to this. They've done this since the early days, which led me to talk about their initial online games test with a game they made called Allegiance, which is a space sim, an online space sim that goes back to the um, uh, 90s, which is still playable today. If you go to freeallegiance.org, um, you'll get a, a and it's on steam you can download the allegiance game and play it online
1: you can not only download the game apparently you can download yes. the source under an mit license
0: oh so you can
2: host your own yes server and yeah and, and oh, cool cool all right you can mod you can
1: hack the client do everything it looks like and so there's a whole open source community for maintaining the game
2: which yeah. is really cool okay right. that is cool all right, so you know that, that that's that's about as hardcore space sim as you can get for the space sim podcast, the best damn space sim podcast ever. You know, use your you know, build your own space sim or maintain your own space sim. So, if anybody's <laughs> uh, if that's anybody's uh, uh, cup of tea, freeallegiance.org, is that right? Yes, Freeallegiance.org. Okay, cool. Well, we'll uh, we'll put that in the show notes. Uh, so Somebody gets that in there for uh, first first so we can post that with uh with the rest of our show notes. All right. And with that, I think that covers everything. So now that we're all caught up on Space Sim News, let's get caught up on Space News with Galactic Public Radio. GPR
1: News is supported by a grant from the Foundation for the Advancement of Knowledge Entrepreneurs and by Trouble Banking and Welfare Investments, providing banking and insurance products to the ANSI system and beyond for over 100 years.
0: Good evening, from Galactic Public Radio and NC, I'm Spencer McDunn, and these are the top headlines from around the known galaxy. The Rockforth Corporation's EX7 fertilizer has been definitively identified as the cause of the crop failures affecting the old worlds. For the latest, we go to Smooth Furnace in the Lave System.
2: Thanks, Spencer. The synthetic fertilizer credited with boosting yields of desperate farms is now being blamed for the crop failures in the first place. Dr. Genevieve Kane of the Interstellar Association for Agriculture broadcast an urgent warning to all agricultural authorities, stating, quote, "...comparative analysis has confirmed that the blight is caused by the EX7 fertilizer." The original poor harvests have been attributed to natural factors, and it is now thought that the situation could have been contained had the fertilizer not exacerbated the problem, End quote. Rex Whitlock, marketing director at Rockforth Corporation, told the media, quote, This development has come as a shock to everyone at Rockforth. Our EX7 fertilizer passed many rigorous tests and successfully increased crop productivity in controlled experiments so we have no explanation for its calamitous effects. We would like to reassure customers and shareholders alike that we are cooperating fully with the investigation. End quote. Rockforth's concern for its shareholders comes as no surprise to many economists and financial analysts. Its stock had been flying high during the crop failure crisis as millions of tons of EX7 had been sold as the miracle cure. However, not all investors were convinced of Rockforth's prospects. Speaking anonymously for fear of retribution, one stockbroker told GPR, quote, Oh my God, I told you so. The short-selling activity on Rockforth was off the charts over the last two weeks. Somebody knew this was going to blow up. I hope somebody goes in front of an imperial firing squad for this. End quote. From the LAVE System, for Galactic Public Radio, I'm Smooth Furnace.
0: Thanks, smooth. With the announcement of the contaminated fertilizer shocking the old worlds, a massive cleanup operation is underway. The Tavari Progressive Party has coordinated retrieval of the banned fertilizer from eleven starports for transport to disposal facilities near Wiley Port in the Tavari System. Lycon like Spaceways recognizing the need to surge cargo capacity of independent pilots has agreed to lower the cost of Type 6 transporter, Type 7 transporter, and Type 9 heavy ships at all starports. Additionally, the Pilots' Federation has announced a temporary subsidy for all cargo racks effective immediately. Trouble Banking and Welfare Investments has announced that it has agreed to assist with cleanup operations. It will arrange the escrow of docking fees and port taxes, at the disposal sites and extend additional lines of credit to Lacon to help finance its sales initiative. TBWI spokesperson Dan Newbody told GPR, This crisis is exactly the situation that shows how a personal, bespoke relationship with an engaged, genuine financial partner can benefit the galaxy. While sector-wide megabanks can take weeks to approve new credit packages, TBWI stands ready and able to overcome any challenge, even technological challenges like retrieving voicemails, right, Spencer? End quote. Finally, in local news, Guard Frequency Response Associate Director Richard Clemens announced that a minor trade dispute has resulted in armed hostilities and the Una Naraya system. Director Clemens told GPR, quote, An unarmed GFR courier vessel was fired upon by mercenary ships employed by the LFT-568 comms group as it approached the guest settlement starport. The corporate authorities were apparently objecting to our attempts to open trade relations with some of the local factions in that system. At this time, we have no reports of serious injuries or deaths, but several ships have been damaged or destroyed. We are working to de-escalate the situation. End quote. Until the tensions are resolved, independent pilots are advised to avoid the Unaraya system. Until the next turn of the worlds, for Galactic Public Radio, I'm Spencer McDon. Good night.
2: Kick the tires and light the fires, Big Daddy. Yeah, so he's stable for now, and like Ken Shadow just read the monitors, he's just exhausted. Um, But no immediate danger for the moment, but who knows what happens when the GM rolls the dice. So uh, there's... There's a there's your there's your your situation there. You'll, you actually you hear as you're ha- finishing this conversation, unless anybody else wants to say anything. No, I'm good. Okay, if you, then you hear over the intercom, uh, uh, guard frequency response crew report to the bridge please. So, so I'm gonna go to, to the bridge.
0: Head up to the bridge. Head up to right. the
2: bridge. Alright. As she arrives there, as you arrive up there, she says uh, as she clears the clears the pilot seat and just says, why don't you take over? We've got a destination, uh, and everybody else sit down. So who, who's going to be my pilot? Is it is it
1: navigating or is it piloting?
2: <laughs> who knows? I'll just start walking back over towards the seat because I was in it before. Go for it. All right. So uh, she gives you a planetary system, uh, and you need to roll a navigation check. Cool. Hit it. Oh, you did it. You did fine. You're you're an excellent, you're you're, you're really getting the hang of this. Yep, learning Uh, quick. Okay. Yep. Alright, so, uh, as you jump into uh, this, uh, I I was going to pick a system this afternoon, and I didn't get a chance to. But anyway, you jump into a system, uh, and it's very barren, and uh, the third planet out is rocky and airless, and has a uh, station, which Valus directs you to land at. Uh, Go ahead and roll a spaceship piloting check for me. Don't fail it. Oh, you, nice. yo, very good. There was going to be a Colonel Mandan roll if you'd done something bad there, but you <laughs> did fine. Uh, with a roll of a 13, you set the thing down light as a feather. Light as a feather. So uh, the witty rejoinder uh, shuts down, uh, goes into the dock, uh, and a- as it turns, as it comes down, she turns to you and says, what did you learn from the Colonel? Not a he's, whole
1: lot. He's been guarding this AI. They, fa- they had a, um, a directive to go find AR artifacts in order to fight the Thargoids, they found one, and uh, he... Directive from who? We didn't get that far. Um, the uh, And then he found one. He's been uh, guarding it ever since. Um, they've been attacked three times by these party of unknown three. assailants. And moved three around. Three times? Three times? Yes.
2: This is this the third time they've been attacked? How are they being followed? How are they being tracked? He doesn't
1: know either.
3: Well, we do know that it was somebody on the inside at the last time. Um, because we caught them and we also know that uh, it's because they've been on the run that they haven't been able to get any orders or make any use of the AI itself so the whole thing has become a waste to try to uh, keep it safe and, and on the run
2: so they haven't been able to access or use the AI in any meaningful way is what you're saying
3: right but and
2: apparently they've been on the it's run. not crazy
3: it claims not to be crazy but we'll see about that I mean that's it's opinion of itself which Ken Shadow doesn't think he's crazy either.
1: I, uh, I don't know. I'm not qualified to judge robots, um, but the uh, they have only been feeding it information from nanny cams and just random stuff. It doesn't. It seems like a total waste to have this uh, valuable entity that you're just tucking away in a room.
2: And not only that, it has been purposely kept unoccupied. It seems either the purse, either if it's an inside job. As you said, this one was to warn uh, whoever it is. I mean, clearly they were waiting for us. Clearly, somebody was alerted to uh, the colonel's presence here uh, because that DBX was waiting for us in orbit. And you said somebody was on the inside. Was that the person that shot Mandon? Yeah,
1: yeah. But the, the the thing that bothers me here is that you'd think this would be like a state entity or something like that. But we're being attacked by by ships that aren't aren't outfitted for such things, right? I mean, we were attacked by... What do you mean? You guys were doing a scanning, right? You, uh... There was a pretty good force coming in. There were two Sidewinders and
3: something else. Wasn't it two Sidewinders and something else? Yeah, we... but they, weren't they time. outfitted
1: for like something else, though? Like mining or something like that?
3: I don't remember how they were outfitted. What I remember is yes. uh, we had missiles yeah, did, and added the, that the to G- pilot. I'm going to interrupt
2: you, Henry. Yeah. I'm going I'm to interrupt you, Henry. The GM says yes, that was correct. You guys, uh, Henry rolled a, a scan sufficient enough to indicate that they were outfitted for mining. They were all mining ships. So these are, these are and an ASP, right? potentially yeah.
1: independent yeah. actors or, or like, but not not like, uh, or maybe actors of opportunity or.
2: So, you're, so. let me get this straight. They were attacked three times. The third time they moved to this, basically a fort. And then when they were discovered, the attacking force came in with mining ships.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: This is making less and less sense as we go.
3: And one of... Uh, what's the general's name? One of the general's own men um, was, you know, luring them there and uh, fired on him. So, we don't know how bad the... Uh, uh, infection of his own men is. We don't know how many of them are dirty and corrupt and how many we can trust. Personally, I feel like with the general compromised and Bell saying out loud she's not sure what to do, we should take the AI ourselves, get rid of the men, send them off somewhere with the general, maybe keep Bell for her expertise and see if we can find a way to put this to use.
1: It, it seems like it seems like if somebody was going to sabotage the, the, the system, they had plenty of opportunity when we were fighting for our lives you know by hooking an AI up to an AA guns um. maybe but uh,
3: if somebody was corrupt and uh, they, you know they, think about it this way they were they were attacked three times right So th- this guy who uh, caused the attack this time may have been with them on that third time. he still didn't shoot the general then so we can't say that we've definitely got all the bad guys because these
2: attacks keep happening. We so, a. Guys? So, so, uh, any, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, Adir, go ahead.
1: The only common factor in this is
2: the general that I'm he's hearing. A, he's a colonel. Sorry. Colonel. <laughs> the only common denominator I'm hearing in this is the colonel. But he.
1: Uh, he was shot, though. Like, some of this, the, the The guy that shot him shot him, probably knowing that he, in turn, was going to die. So, there
3: is. True,
2: but. He also, the colonel, also said that at one point it was just him and the AI that survived.
3: Ah, so you're saying uh, none of his original men remain? Um, you know that that to me even even more so says we don't know who we can trust.
2: And as you guys are looking at this and shaking your heads, uh, there's a little blinky warning light going off on the com panel. Bing, 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 bing. Well, I'm still over by the chair, so I'll hit the uh, I'll check the message that? or whatever coffee's okay, done, and, yeah, coffee's <laughs> done. Uh, Mr. Coffee some, somebody go find the space Crisco we're going to have some keto coffee why,
1: why is the Why susfecta. is the radar a bubbling and stuff
2: <laughs> and someone's jamming you <laughs> only one person's going to jam you uh, alright so uh, but as as, as a, as a crossy uh, hits the comm panel uh, you hear a voice come over the uh, comm uh, GFR what do you rejoinder this is GFR astute moniker come in
0: reading loud and clear
2: Rejoinder, we are approaching the base, uh coming in hot and heavy with the dock. Uh what uh, say your pad number. Pad thirteen. Stand by and uh, you hear sort of you feel and hear sort of a rumble of engines. Everybody roll a spaceship piloting check for me. As long as you can see at the front window, roll a spaceship piloting check for me. Ooh, net ten. I got a one. I got a six. Actually uh, total six. All right, so uh, Romulan Ale is distracted for some reason. But uh, everybody that rolled over a a seven recognizes a uh, anaconda uh, coming in very fast, faster than it should. uh, And then uh, hit the hit the reverse thrusters and slam down on the pad. uh, And then it starts to uh, it starts to sink underneath there. Um, uh, Crossy, you hit the button to also sink the uh, ship underneath the ground so you can have an atmosphere uh, because you hear that a doctor is on the way. Uh, Valis then tells you all to go down there uh, to the uh, uh, airlock to uh, greet your passengers uh, while she uh, finishes up a few clerical things up here on the bridge. And she gives you the same look again. Go away. Um, can I ask her a quick question?
3: Uh, we've got the guy in the infirmary, the boxes in there also being guarded. We're bringing doctors and other people in now into the same room. Shouldn't we move the doctor or the box before people come
2: in? Uh, AI is actually in the SRV Bay so okay, it's, fantastic yeah yeah and and uh, we we can say for the for, for your concerns that there are two uh, Army guards on it they don't know what they're guarding but they know there's not supposed to let anybody into the SRV Bay so but uh, Valls appreciate your concern all right leaving. Alright, so you head down to the uh, airlock and the door opens and cycles up and in comes uh, three people. Uh, Ryu recognize Actually, I think everybody except uh, Rexford recognizes uh, Rochelle Schumacher. Uh, she was the tech that helped decipher the black box in your first adventure uh, that was recovered from the wrecked Imperial Courier. Uh, she's one the one that brought you that black box. You all recognize her. Mm-hmm. And... Ale may recognize Dr. Spanos just really briefly. She's the sort of the head med tech person. I do. Uh, Hello. I'd
3: like to say hello.
2: She says, oh, good to see you again. Uh, Where's my patient?
3: In the infirmary, bleeding from a hole in the chest. Not so badly bleeding as when we brought him in. Good to hear. Uh, Take me to him.
2: Good to hear that he's bleeding from a hole in
1: the chest. (laughs) I... I'll step well, as aside. We, as, we, as we walk up to there I'll, I'll give her
2: a, a debrief of what I know about the injury uh, she does not give a <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> she's just she 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 points at Henry who she kind of recognizes and Henry says hi I know you she says great <laughs> Where am I going take take me to take me to your wounded uh, and she's off to the race can I
1: can I pull out my little compad and and, and do a space Google
2: uh, sure you can do a space Google
1: is she related to
2: the senator? Uh, yes, in fact, she is. Okay, interesting. So, yes, okay, yes. And, you know, she has Spanos on her little flight suit, jumpsuit thing, so you, you, you just Googled that right away. So, uh, Space Google tells you that, yes, she is related to the senator. Uh, and as she walks off with Henry, the rest of you also see a third person walk up the ramp, uh, now just standing there with with, uh, with Schumacher, and that is this person.
3: So stood before you is someone about 185 centimeters, or six feet, if you're using the old-fashioned measurement terms. Wearing a dark blue flight suit that doesn't look as if it seemed much use, long, slicked-back black hair, very, very tired-looking.
0: Does he look like a pilot?
3: He does not. Okay. I going to make a he's, comment he's, about
2: he's, the landing, but... <laughs>
1: he, he's not, like, running into the ship or anything like that, right? It's just kind of casual. No, no, he's, he's just stood... Beside Rochelle Schumacher.
3: So this is not uh, a grenade situation.
1: <laughs> I'm mean, it's a grenade anymore. situation.
3: <laughs> That's, that, I see that question. So does this man need to be
2: exploded? <laughs> <laughs> does his face say, I need to get punched. <laughs> I'll, I'll,
1: I'll, I'll hold out my hand to him. I'll say, uh, uh, Hi, I'm Roland.
3: Leans forward, shakes his hand. Roland, Nev. Okay, buddy,
1: what's
2: on your mind? We're all friendlies. So let's just... Be friendly! Some say he once mistook a sideways giant cigar slicer for a toilet. And now he avoids bread because he's glute-free. But all I he know is he's called this Shiv, and he he'll put together this week's feedback. That was kind of sick.
3: Because he got his butt cut off. I mean,
2: yeah, he got his butt cut off. I mean, it really needs to be <laughs> gluteus free <laughs>
3: It's still. I mean, you call them your glutes. It's,
1: it makes sense. I
3: got I, it. Yeah,
2: yeah, but you call him your glutes, right? Like it could be he, you, He's glutes free. That could work too. It needs when I more read lips.
1: that, I completely missed the word slicer for some
0: reason, and it just I, did not make <laughs> it's any sense a at all. Giant cigar for
2: a toilet. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah.
0: What? What? This makes what a lot more sense. universe does he live with, Doctor Evil? I mean, it,
2: yeah. Uh, yeah, that must be, yeah. It's got to be It like the Will Ferrell scene where he yeah. falls into the thing. I'm very
0: badly burned. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> A recap of last week's community questions. What's your take on the negative latency? Oh, my God, here we go again. And where's Chris and what's he doing? Extra credit for creativity and Photoshop. Uh,
2: this first one, I think. I think we can... Get both. Creativity and Photoshop in this first set of feedback from, from Gek Bobo. It's fantastic. Uh, who writes in Who writes in to his grand-uncle Jeff. I am reaching out again so soon because my situation has suddenly become much stranger. I am not alone. There is a man here, a human. The ship is so huge. I assume he's been here all along, but I can't be sure. I don't think he knew I was aboard. Soon after sending my last transmission, I heard unusual noises I went to investigate. I found a naked human man entering into, then exiting out of, a storage locker. Each time he exited, he said, Oh, hi, Mark. And then he would pretend to fight someone with an invisible sword while making strange electrical whooshing sounds with his mouth. After repeating the sequence three or four times, the naked human man noticed me. I became instantly petrified. I couldn't move. Awkwardly snapping to attention, the naked human man said, Welcome aboard the TCS Tiger Claw, sir. I am the Hollywood director. Who might you be? But he didn't wait for an answer he instead ran away at top speed yelling something about not touching his distortion cannon the next time i saw the hollywood director he was fully clothed and barking out orders to people who weren't there quiet on the set rolling and action no 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 no. cut 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 a daguerreotype showing the hollywood director in action is included and we have a a, a photoshop of geck bobo on a spaceship and there's a, a human in the foreground with some sort of monocle like attachment in his eye of some kind. I'm not not quite sure what it what it what it is. He looks but familiar. It, underneath, yeah, he looks somewhat familiar. Uh but uh uh it, underneath there is a plea, "Help me, granduncle." Uh, he fi- he finishes up by saying, "The last time I saw the Hollywood director, he was standing in front of the bridge display port watching Uh, quietly watching the stars whiz past. Speaking to no one, he said out loud, we're going to a planet where I finally get to realize my vision. Excited, I chose that moment to speak up, and so I asked where this planet was and what it is called. Startled, the Hollywood director gawked at me as if I had dared violate an immutable protocol of station. I cannot create under these conditions, he screamed, and then ran away, and I have not seen him since. Your faithful second cousin, twice removed, Gek Bobo. P.S. Fortunately, the Hollywood director has shown no interest in the hernia trust.
0: Well, <clears throat> <clears throat> to my my grand my nephew. Twice removed. Twice removed. Thank you for taking care of the trust. Your duty is well noticed. This is very Excellent. Silverwolf
1: writes in and says, RE negative latency. I'll repost my general ch- co- chat comment here. Quote unquote negative latency is certainly another marketing term quote unquote special. However, the concept of using machine learning to complete predictive loading of content slash commands is hardly new, and generally has merit in the terms of gameplay. You're you're running down a corridor with your gun up, and the zombie jumps out in front of you. The machine learning predicts that you're going to try and suit the zombie, based on your known path of travel, previous accuracies, aim tendencies, and average reaction times can predict that you will shoot the zombie in X location with Y milliseconds of it jumping in front of you. So begins processing accordingly. If for whatever reason you decide to melee the thing in the head with the butt of your rifle instead, your alternative input would then overly, override the pre-loading, preloaded processing and the machine learning would adjust its possible actions slash percent chances for its ca- calculations accordingly. Now. On your own computer, the above is not only not necessary, but waste of CPU processing cycles. But in the data center, especially if they're running machine learning slash AI blades, um, with that express purpose, your system is more than capable of not only completing predictive processing, but when you throw, for argument's sake, 100,000 gamers at it, and have it learn to develop predictions based on those those gamers, it's quite capable of becoming extremely accurate at it. It's certainly an interesting concept from an IT perspective and one that I see a great deal of merit with. The proof is going to be in the implementation, however, and PEPCAT components will be the most likely weak point in the concept. As fo- As to folks' comments about the game playing for you, um, complete logical fallacy. At the end of the day, the player will still decide to try and shake hands with the zombie and the game will, within the bounds of the game programming, accept the player's attempt to do so. Machine learning just allows the system to, potentially, uh, negate any latency concerns and ultimately provide a smooth gaming experience to players, no matter where the server they're connected to is.
0: What's PEPCAC, Jeff? PEPCAC is, an I do I... Uh, ID10T error. The problem exists between the keyboard and chair. Ah,
2: ha, 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 ha. Uh, problem exists between P- keyboard and chair. I knew, it had to, I knew it had to do with inputs, but yeah, ID10T. All right. Well, uh, so this uh, goes into a lot of the detail we were talking about with Stadia last week. I think they're trading a latency problem, though, for a bandwidth problem at that point. Because if the computer has to figure out all the different possibilities of I'm going to shoot it, I'm going to butt stroke it with my rifle, I'm going to try to shake hands with it, I'm going to try to dodge it, I'm going to try to jump over it, I'm going to run the other direction, crying and screaming. Uh, you know, if it, has to, if it has to prepare all the different things and then push all those different possibilities to your local machine, which then your local machine will then choose from depending on what you actually do, I think you're just trading one problem for a different problem.
1: So the the situation you just said does not make sense. That's not what's going to happen. So what's going to happen? You can do interpolation, right? You can say, like, right now, that's what happens in most networking games. Like, you shoot a bullet, right? It doesn't need to know where the bullet is at all times. It kind of knows where the bullet's going to go anyway, right? And it checks with the server just to make sure something didn't happen, right? That's, I think, what we're talking about here. I doubt they're they're going to be throwing no, CNNs at this thing that's, it's, and, that's not and actually determining. It's I know what he's talking about in his thing, but the decision on whether or not to pull the trigger, like you're you're killing the right. entire point of the game, right? Right. That's not. I doubt that's what's going to happen here. And if the decision is different than what it is, they're not going to be delivering multiple video streams of possible things to you because it's not like do I attack the zombie or do I punch the zombie? That's not the game choice, right? The game choice is like vectors in an almost infinite configuration of options, right? So it's not going to be computing both sides of the, you know, am I going to pull the trigger one millisecond sooner than the other, than, than another one? No, it's, it's, it has to be able to to back up and kill the packets inbound. Not not like, um, it's not delivering both options to you. It's not computing this simultaneously.
2: Right. Yeah, well, that's so, what he's saying it's going to do.
1: I know, but it's not, no, that's not, not what he's saying. He's saying it's going to pre calculate if it's going to fire. There's no, there's not, it's not, it's not like you're going to compute both sides of that. You may go ahead and start that, but if they decide to do the, to, to do the, the fist bump instead of the, the pulling the trigger, you've just killed your latency at that point. Right. So instead of, Instead of delivering both sides of it, and you just, and you decide, it has to know to just not take, not show you the video from that point, and then you get a lurch or something like that, and it tries to sync the video up with what actually happens on that end. It's not, it's not the same thing. So you can do what he says, but it's not what you're saying, Tony.
0: What he said.
1: Do you understand? Do you understand the difference I'm trying to say here?
3: I think you guys are arguing a point that I, I don't understand. Like Kinshadow, you're saying they're not predicting what button you're going to press before you press it, and they're saying specifically that they're having negative control lag. So, what else are they so, doing if they're not deciding what you press before you press it, and then changing their mind halfway through? If like, so, so, say you you go to do a punch, right? and you you start that and then it says oh i predicted you were going to punch him but instead you kicked him does it instantly flip to the kick halfway through is that what
1: we're talking about because so i don't a- think i don't think you can apply i don't think you can apply the negative latency to for in this case you know real time combat actions that affect the story like you can apply you can apply this negative latency to movement sure because movement is predictable you know, it's gonna—it gonna, defines a physical rule, yes—and and you can yes. hide movement under you know you know play under you know a simulated reaction times or some crap yes. like that, right? Same thing so with pulling a trigger. Movement. There's no difference. You can't you can't hide pulling a trigger though, right? Right. So so if you're going to predict when people pull triggers, it's like you can do what he says here but it is not a satisfying experience no this in my is, these opinion.
2: are these are these are cooldowns in disguise for example i if you the movement thing you can build in a sliding to a stop motion right you know right. you can you can build in an animation that you can't just stop on a dime when you let off the a button to stop running the computer goes oh okay he's letting off the a button and build in a 0.5 second animation that's that shows you sliding to a stop or you can have a, a a projectile flight time like Kinshaw was saying a little while ago you pull the trigger and you, your client your client may know where it's going the server has a general idea because it knew where your gun was aimed and it then knows you know you, you pulled the trigger so it can predict where the bullet is supposed to wind up so that's the kind of stuff that you can hide with animations and cooldowns but the choice of do I punch, do I kick, do I shoot, do I run either you're delivering you're, either you're calculating multiple possibilities at the data center and then delivering different versions to the client or you're waiting to see what the client does and delivering that. I, I, I don't see how there's any choice or there, there's any way around that.
1: Yeah yeah so, so I think what what is probably happening here is that, it's able to build up a latency tolerance you know for when you're moving but the second you give it a um non predictable input like as soon as you you click the trigger right and you don't have a momentum behind you right then that immediately kills whatever latency you have and then it has to build up a uh, it, new it kills whatever buffer you have right yeah. and it has then you have to start over again you have yeah. to build up a new set of 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 latency tolerance where and, and when I say this buffer, these are buffers in which actions you have no control over, right? Again, you know, you right, You've the committed
2: whole, to a certain course of action and exactly. animations or things are going to play, i pressed
1: right. the thrust button, and I am thrusting for, you know, half a, half a second no matter what, you right. know? They, I've those, committed to those, that action. Those frames I can go ahead and generate on the server side and buffer yes. on my side. Yeah. But until you click the fire—when you click the fire button, then, I'll, then, All then you wrong. go back.
2: Yeah, yeah, but- yeah, exactly. These are these are these are cooldowns in disguise. Yeah, you could you could you could you can do that. That is the thing. And but that, we've been talking about that since this, then the announcements. We've always said that this this is a great paradigm for an MMO, which is built around cooldowns and animations for swinging attacks or crossbow launches or uh, grenade throws or whatever. It's, it's purpose built for that. But negative latency jerk controls ain't gonna be a thing.
1: So Commander Watherspoon says he'd like some uh, negative latency solutions um, on the trip to Hunt in Orbital.
2: Yes, exactly. So you can get there before you leave, precisely. That's exactly what you're looking for. But, but you can't cheat to get the mug. Ain't happening. The mug is its own thing.
1: They got free ships out there.
2: They do. Free anacondas. All you can eat. Shiv writes in,
3: current Star Citizen game mechanics. They are implemented at Tier 0 with currently available tech for testing. As more game systems come online, the mechanics can be augmented based on testing and the available game tech. Testing early before committing to building and designing a whole system before it can be implemented saves time. And just because a few podcasters can speculate on how to make it better, then the Tier 0 implementation doesn't mean that developers haven't also considered the future ways to make the mechanics. All that to say, hashtag Tony is right.
2: Oh, uh, <laughs> it's not I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. Even though this pains me, I have to t- point out the fact that that copy is not correct. You need to.
3: I you assume to re- you just hadn't it. rewritten it yet.
2: No, 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 no. no, no. I'm not. Le- I'm leaving it as. Re- go ahead. Go ahead and rewrite. The, reread that last sentence to make sure the copy is correct.
3: All that to say, hashtag Tony is wrong.
2: OK, that, that, that's, that's better. There you go.
1: That's our new intro.
2: <laughs> I. D- I, you know, I, I sure that's right. They they could have lots of things on the drawing board, or crumpled in a note paper at the back of the drawer. You know,
1: yeah. The, but I, it's, I this, this also, is probably in to interdiction, right? Because we had a whole interdiction discussion last time.
2: That, yeah, that's that's about the interdiction.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I think I think they're almost explicitly saying exactly this. Like, this is our first try. We'll see what happens. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and, and, and as we all know, temporary solutions often become permanent ones. So we'll see.
0: We love the, the game that we're designing.
2: We love the game we're building. I love my net idea. I love it. I love my net idea.
0: Druid writes in and says, negative latency. The sad thing is some people are going to buy it, not because they're stupid, though some are, but because they don't have the time to learn about such things and they trust Google far more than they should. Uh, colon, frowning, colon.
2: That's a frowny face, an frowny. emoji.
0: As for Christ Roberts, while I believe Tony's points have merit, I think it's equally if not more likely that he's got his nose to the grindstone as my understanding is he's a very experienced programmer. Whether or not that's the best use of, of his time is something I don't have enough good information to ascertain. I had an interesting idea in regards to GPR's financial difficulties. Perhaps you could create a Patreon tier that would allow someone be it a person or a guild, to advertise something at least somewhat war-friendly and help support GPR in the meta sort of way. Whether or not it would be a worth the hassle, of course, is up to you. Anyway, excellent show as always, gentlemen.
2: It, yeah. Uh, so there is a reason why TBWI is sponsoring GPR now, and that, those, that reason shall become apparent as the uh, Star frequency origin story moves along. Yeah, so uh, this is an excellent suggestion excellent suggestion but this is a uh, taking lemons and making lemonade you know uh, frontier cut off a lot of the uh, little extra stories that we relied on to make those GPR stories so we're just gonna make our own thank you very much uh, dead meat GF no relation we think uh, writes in and says what is negative latency exactly? Based on the computing definition of the delay before a transfer of data begins following an instruction for its transfer, are you suggesting the data is transferred before there's an instruction to send it? I, I think that's, that's what Google exactly wants to That's exactly what think.
0: we were talking about. <laughs>
2: I, I think that's how Google would like you to believe it is defined, yes. I, uh, whether or not you buy it, which I don't think any of us do here, Um you know that that's up to you, but uh, yeah. As 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 was pointed out by by Silverwolf uh, uh, earlier, it's probably a marketing department uh, a spin on something, something that kicked around, and and one of their executives. Oh yeah, I can see
0: there. that that roundtable discussion. Oh, what should we call it? Oh, I don't know. What do you think? Negative? What should we call it? Should we? Well, we should call it, yeah, we should call it. We should call it lag
2: prevention. Yeah, but then you're saying you're admitting that we have lag. Oh, okay. Uh, let's call it uh, let's call it uh stutter stopping yeah but then you're saying that we're gonna have stuttering oh I know negative latency oh my god that's it
1: but it was probably it was probably a much longer term that a marketing guy trim it was probably yeah. like like uh reduced perceived latency over uh, you know uh, via video transmission over network and they're like you're saying (laughs) is smaller latency. Is it, is it, is it sub zero? And Uh, they're like, well, negative latency. That's the term.
2: Yeah. Uh, I needed, I needed both hands and one of my feet, no, the one of the toes, the toes on one of my feet to count the syllables on that. We can do five. Like we can do five. Maybe we got to get it down to that. (laughs) Do that.
0: A syllable budget.
2: Yeah, that's right. We have a syllable budget on
0: this. (laughs) And the other guy going, is there
3: any jelly donuts left? (laughs)
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Ken from Chicago writes in community question one, negative latency, odd name. Yet the concept predicting what you need or want is what Google constantly strives for to be the perfect butler providing the help you want just before you asked for it. Be it search results, auto completing search queries, hashtag Google assistant community question two, where in the verse is Mr. Chris Roberts, Mr. Chris Roberts, where in the verse can he be? prepping for a CitizenCon, Hidden. Remember how badly
2: it went last year, at least the lead-up to it. Yeah, hey, I, hang, I gotta call time out there. Henry, yeah. I don't remember what that was. Do you remember what that was, Henry, that was so controversial in the lead-up to the last CitizenCon? Well, where they wanted, the wanted to videos charge videos of it. Uh, uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. You know what yeah. it's gonna be?
3: It's gonna be, you're gonna go to the website, and you're gonna have to tip them a nickel in PayPal to read the freaking roadmap. And they'll call it a road toll. <laughs> It's going to (laughs)
2: happen. Roadmap toll. Oh, that's good.
3: Okay. Um, So, yeah. General feedback. Unlike Tony, I'm no lawyer. I learned the law from TV and movies, so I'm familiar with the hashtag fruit of the poisonous tree. You can't prosecute with evidence gained stemming from illegal actions by law enforcement unless you can show you'd gotten it from legal ways. So when I theorized hashtag quantum points as waypoints between worlds where quantum travel was most efficient and then realized that's how at Robert's Space Industries could define hashtag jump points, it wasn't until last week's guard frequency that I learned I had hypothesized the basis for hashtag mini jump points and then a series of emojis, including faces and rockets.
2: Yes, that's a screamy face rocket ship emoji and laughing really hard. So tears fall out of your face emoji. Uh, Yes. So, all roads lead to many jump points. I mean, there's just no way around it. You can you can try as often as 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 hard as you want. You just come back to many jump points. But the fruit of the poisonous tree thing is interesting because uh, it's a it's a legal concept that says uh, if if the cops do something wrong, they can't use the evidence that they got from the something wrong. That's like the basic concept. But there are so many exceptions to that. It like is it's just ridiculous. So, yeah, it exists as a concept, but in practice, it does not. So what that means is anybody can steal my ideas and still come around to many jump points, and we're cool. Because we just wind up at many jump points, and that's okay. And this week's community questions. Any other games you want us to update or check on? Any hard feelings when an early access game doesn't make it to release? And otherwise, how is the show? Should we aim for a spring 2020 release, or are we better off offering ourselves up as a game pass? Drop us an email, a tweet, or comment on our show posts, which you can find on our website and look us up
0: on Discord. And that brings us to the end of episode 280 of Guard Frequency. We'll be back with episode 281 on October 29th, 2019. So be sure to keep an ear out for our shows over at GuardFrequency.com. We'd like to thank the entire team at
1: Guard Frequency and the Priority One Network. Thanks to our community manager, Justin Shovelrybean Lawmaster, our artist, Ben Multiverse Problems Sanders. And
2: of course, our audio architects, Mikey Lennon and Bill Hardy. Thanks to our syndication partner, The Bass, and a special thanks to Ronald Jenkins for his permission to use his music in our show. Visit ronaldjenkies.com for more of his work. But above all, we especially want to thank you folks for tuning in. If no one's listening out there, the deep black gets pretty lonely. Reduce thrust. 10, 2, 3, 3, 0, count 1, Squawk seven seven zero zero.
0: Head over to heroesrisepodcast.com dot com to discover their secrets. I'm sorry, I just couldn't. You're make doing it. good till the end, there.
2: you you're, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, the, shiver, <laughs> the shivering, quivering wyvern. Yeah. yeah, that's
0: good. Head over to heroes rise. Ah, I'm seeing. I'm thinking about it.
2: <laughs> now, just, now, now you're like, now you're like, you want a, you want a competing podcast now? HeroesRidePodcast.com. dot
0: com. Yeah, yeah. yeah the latest, we go to Smooth Furnace and the lave system. <laughs> you did that on purpose.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm sorry. I you just, take I, that back. Okay. <laughs> I just wanted to see if anybody was paying attention. Yes, I'm paying attention.
2: That's <laughs> what I do. I tell you to go back and do it over again when you do stuff like that.
0: <laughs> Okay, let me let me get my composure here.
2: Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> find find that composure. I think it fell under your chair.
0: <laughs> uh, if You can't laugh ex- at yourself. Who can you laugh at, right? Yeah. <laughs> Jeff, go, Jeff. Oh, go, Jeff, go. Uh, uh, yes, go, uh, go, uh, Jeff. Uh, oh, shut up, Jeff. <laughs> go, Jeff. Go. So a recap of that. I think it's your turn, you mean- Jeff. Hey, look, I have a line.